when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Now, local authorities must take action to deal with the scourge of derelict buildings in our towns and villages. The issue was raised this week in the Senate by Fine Gael Senator Tim Lombard, uh, who joins me. Good morning to you, Tim. In, is one of the main reasons you've raised uh, this issue to do with the collapse of the building in Oliver Plunkett Street in Bandon? Yes, look, that was probably one of the primary issues. Look, 11 weeks ago, we had an issue in Bandon where a building collapsed, uh, number one and two, Oliver Plunkett Street in Bandon collapsed, and to the state, that actual street is closed. And I think there's been debate about what powers local authorities have regarding derelict buildings and derelict sites ever since. My brother Aidan would be the chair of that district and he would have several meetings with management about that issue. So I would have put a commencement debate down to the Minister for Local Government about this issue, looking for clarity regarding what powers local authorities have when it comes to addressing public health and safety concerns regarding, regarding dereliction and derelict sites. And I got a very comprehensive response outlining there is significant laws in place that the local authority have and significant powers. And Like what? Like we have the Derelict Site Act of 1990, which is a really significant, strong um, act, which was amended in 2018 to actually put a levy, if required by the local authority, onto a derelict site of 3 to 7% of the market value per year on a derelict site. But the real significant body of legislation that's there is the 1964 um, Sanitary Services Act under the Local Government Bill of 1964. And that gives really strong powers to local authorities to step into the space, to purchase or to get the building by arrangement. And if there is expenses on the local authority, they can levy them back to the actual landowner itself. So when it comes to actual legislation, we have a plethora of legislation that's there on the statute books that have given local authorities exceptional powers in this space. And I think if you go back and look 20 years ago in Cork City, we had a city manager called Joe Galvin who changed Cork City by using these derelict yeah, powers. Great guy. Really uh, powerful stuff. And do you believe, why do you believe the local authorities are not acting on the powers they have? Will they come back and say, we don't have the funding, we'd love to do all of this work? If it came to the funding issue, and I had this conversation with Owen Murphy last night, Corkman Council and any local authority can apply for funding. Um, they're fully funded now regarding the competent staff. There's been an extra 700 staff employed in this year alone by local authorities across the country. 
And if there's a case to be made for funding, they need to make that case and we can push that here nationally. But I think this is going to come down to the will and to, to the ethos of the local authority. To have a street and abandoned closed literally for three months now nearly at this stage, um, it's now supposed to reopen on the 11th of March. I don't believe that. I think it's going to be pushed out further. And I just think that we need to be very proactive in this space. Um, we, we were uh, also, dare I say, very lucky that the hour of the day when that accident, like, somebody could have been killed, Tim. Like this thing fell at two o'clock in the, in the night. Yeah, um, thank God. Hangy, literally, uh, Cork and the Council moved in the evening before from Cardin off the street. Um, the building fell and everything has been safe ever since. But, like, the town and the ethos of the town has been affected since this. It doesn't look well on the town to have a street closed. And it's bad for the commerce of the town. It's bad for the for band in itself to have other local street closed off and cordoned off like it is at the moment. But this is across, look, every town and village in Ireland. We could really say there's buildings out there like this across every town that we know and every village. But Cork and the Council and other local authorities need to be very active in this space. And I'm just questioning, are they using the powers that they have? And for what I've seen in the last 12 weeks, I question that actual ethos. Is it there at the moment? Because unless we're proactive in this space, we won't see the renewal of these villages and towns that we need. And we, we're not being proactive as far as I can see. And then if we're not proactive, these derelict buildings just get more derelict and we could end up with more situations like we had in Oliver Blunkett Street. Exactly. And like there's a derelict site register, which I have to look for a copy of to see what buildings are actually on this derelict site register and then to see what is actually happening with that actual process. Are we going through that process with the derelict sites to ensure that we're corresponding with the owners, putting them under pressure? And if they're not, then are we actually stepping into the space of CPOing them? I'm not aware of any compulsory purchase of any building of any note in the last few years that I've seen in, as a, at local authority level. And I think if you look at what, in particular, what Joe Galvin did in, in Cork 20 years ago, that was his mantra. He gave you the opportunity, and if you didn't, he moved in and he took the building. And that's the kind of, when you got that reputation, it's amazing how it changed very quickly because if people thought Cork and the Council were going to be really proactive in the space, you could see an awful lot of movement very quickly in an awful lot of towns. That's what needs to be, it needs to be done. You were also highlighting the village of uh, Inna Shannon. Did you say 11 idle houses? Yeah, it's an amazing village. Um, great village in many ways, but the main street of Inna Shannon has, I think it's 11 or 12 houses that are actually empty. Wow. Um, um, you just walk up and down there, like, you know, I'd be there a lot, no affairs, and um, there'd be like, there's shops empty, but there's houses empty in particular. Um, for a real prospering, real driving village, wonderful part of the world, it always amazes me how that village has such empty houses in particular in the main street. Because it's and got that, that wonderful community spirit about super. it. Super, yeah. yeah. And it really has, like, the new playground, you know, the whole place. It's a really, really vibrant part of the world. But for some reason, there's something gone wrong in that village, and in particular in the main street. And, like, I just think it's another case of where there is local authority powers, where there's idle houses. They can't, they have the actual powers to say who owns them. Can you? There's even schemes there now where the local authority can rent the house off you for, for ten years and pay for whatever, whatever maintenance is there. So there's plenty of schemes there. It's just are we actually working with the communities to ensure we're actually in 
um, enacting these schemes and that's the frightening thing for me. And like, when I was teeing up earlier, you know, that you were coming on, uh, Tim, and that we will be talking about this, I was making the point it is so unfair and so tough on other businesses or, or homeowners who must work or live beside a derelict building. It's just absolutely. not fair. Uh, yeah, and it affects not alone the neighbour next door, but the ethos of the town, the ethos of the village. It reflects poorly on whether it's the tiny towns that do so much work around the place. So it has a major effect on the entire community. And that's why I think we need to be more active in the space. We've put an awful lot of money into supporting community groups and supporting society at, at real grassroots levels. Unless we can actually ensure that the actual towns and villages are cleaned up and these derelict sites are cleaned up. Do you know where we really are going over? And it's going to take a change of ethos and it's going to take a different level of engagement with the actual landowners and property owners to ensure we can deliver that on the ground. Okay, a listener, a, is, a listener is wondering, could there be a problem in trying to get the deeds for some of these buildings? The powers that the local authority have, in particular the 64 Act, the Sanitary Services Act, um, regarding if there is an issue regarding a compulsory purchase, are amazing. Like it, it's phenomenal powers in so many ways, and I think the manager has, or the, the minister has been very clear. There is no issue regarding powers, or no issue regarding a process here. The powers are there. It's about you know enforcing them and actually working through it now. Um, in fact, I was kind of when I got a copy of the sixty four Act yesterday, I read it. I, I was amazed at the legislation that's there. It gives the local authority the right to actually move in. It by agreement or by a compulsory purchase, take the actual property and even levy the charges of cleaning up the site back on the owner itself or whoever the owner and party would be. So we're, we're not short legislation here. Mm. We're really kind of short, kind of a get up and go and let's drive on at this stage, you know. Okay. And, you know, someone is, is pointing out as well that, you know, we've got people on housing waiting lists. It's, it's, it just doesn't sit right to be talking about derelict Houses. Oh yeah, and like this is the frightening, the frightening issue that we have. People in every town and village looking for houses, and to have properties lying idle at the moment. There's a great frustration out there that you could have a scenario that there is houses lying idle, people on a waiting list, people on a housing list, and you could ask the point: Why aren't we in that space? Why aren't we, you know, practically chasing down these individual houses, saying this is unoccupied? Why isn't it unoccupied? can the local authority take it off you? And if not, can we do something else with it? Because, like, I remember I entered a council in 2003, a long time ago now, but, like, I was always amazed at the city manager. I was a county councillor, obviously, at the time. But, like, he was so proactive in that space. And I learned a lot from watching what he was doing, and particularly on that joint city and, council, uh, joint city and county committee that I was on. And if you were to take the ethos of the former city manager and what he achieved... There's so much we can do across every town and village in West Cork. That kind of drive, that kind of ambition, that's what we need to see from our local authority management because we have the powers, we just need to have that ambition now. Michael and Mallow wonders are people paying property tax on some of those derelict uh, buildings? I don't know, uh, make the point that revenue will come after us if we don't pay our property tax. Does revenue go after these people? I don't know if you pay property tax on a derelict building, do you, Tim? I'm not 
thought it was only I, had to be living in it. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know I if you do. Um, yeah. And Kevin in Bandon says our for, our fire station is based just off Oliver Plunkett Street, the street mm. you're talking about today. So this must be making it hard for the fire service if they have to rush to another part of the town or towards the northern part of the town, towards Noosa's town. So when Tim is talking about health and safety, yet uh, surely our fire service having to make diversions to get to other areas where there's the fire, surely there must be a health and safety issue there as well. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I think, yeah. Like so the you're saying the 11th of March, you, you, where'd, you, where'd you get that date from for that um, street to open? I think Council issued a statement um, okay. saying that they would be hoping, but it's, oh, it's open to review. So okay. when you hear the terminology, open to review, it's quite obvious that, well, in my opinion, that that's going to be extended at the moment. Because when I was there last Monday, look, it's totally closed off, very little happening there. Um, obviously, they need to make the structure safe before they reopen it. But, we're but it doesn't look like work is going on to make Absolutely. it safe, yeah. No, no, no. no yeah, yet. OK, no. we'll get on to the council as well and see if we can get any sort of an update from them. All right, Tim, we leave it there. Listen, thank you for that. Thank you very much, Neil. And uh, thanks for joining us uh, on the programme. That is Senator Tim Lombard on the problem of derelict uh, buildings in particular on our main streets in towns and villages all over the county. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.